Sal Berry, and Tim Parrish. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. I'm Sal Berry and along with me is Tim Parrish. And today we are going to talk about hockey cards like we always talk about. But maybe today we're going to talk more about like new hockey cards that are out now or that are coming out. So, Tim, what's up? Uh, how are things with you over on, uh, in, in, uh, on your side of the state line? Things are good. Um, progressing. Um, not as quickly as I would like, but I don't think they're progressing as quickly as anyone would like. But you know what? We're going to get there. Now, what are we talking about? Because things are such a vague, like you're co- collecting goals for 2021. Is that what yeah. you mean by things? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like but, I still have these stacks of cards that I need to organize and put away. Th- those sorts of things are not moving quick enough. Yeah, that and the whole, you know, COVID thing that keeps plaguing every aspect of everyone's life. Well, so. I got my I got my first COVID shot, so I'm gonna go. I, I can go to a Dallas Stars game. I get. Well, I guess I could could have gone to a Dallas Stars game without a COVID shot, but now I uh, now I have more reason to go. I guess I don't know. Yeah, my wife had both of hers. So well, your wife is a nurse who, by the way, I will add, was also featured on an upper deck trading card. She was. What, what was, was heroic inspirations? Uh, she was one of the genuine heroes that they put out as part of Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a kind of a virtual one because usually they throw those in Goodwin Champions and it features like military veterans and uh, um, they've done like police and firefighters and stuff like that. And so they did first responders and yeah, she got her. She was on a. Uh, one of the genuine heroes cards, so it was kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, uh, and that that trumps the both of us because neither of us hockey fans have been on a trading card and or hockey card collectors. I mean, I know your wife also collects, yeah. But it's just like, wow, that's pretty awesome. That yeah, I've never been on an official card. Um, I've been I've been on like those various ones that you get done as a novelty mm-hmm. when you go to like the the bigger card shows, but that's about it. Oh, I had my own card when I was a kid and played little league. <laughs> I don't know if that counts, but I, I had, think, a... I think I lied on my stats on the back too. I think I was a lot heavier than I said I was. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Tried to make yourself sound like you could round the bases quicker. Yeah. Which was obviously a lie. Right. Were you uh, were you an outfielder or catcher? What was your position? Um, I bounced around. I caught a couple years and played first base one year. I played third base one year, and I played in the outfield. So I bounced around wherever so they were. You were a utility player, sort of, but I was more along the lines. I was a Willie Stargell type. I either struck out or hit a home run. It was one or the other. There was no middle ground because I couldn't leg out a I couldn't leg out a single. <laughs> so the closest I ever had to a trading card was when I did uh, uh, when I did hockey lessons, and it was like you would do these hockey lessons at this one rink, and then you know it was kind of like a feeder program for their um, 
for their their youth hockey program. And so it was like they had like a photo day, which I didn't know they were going to do. And um, I got my picture taken and um, they they uh, they printed up these photos that had a border that said Flames 8990 because the name of the team that at that rink was the Flames. And even though I didn't play on the Flames, that was the that was the home rinks. It was the Franklin Franklin Park flames and i wasn't on the flames team i was in there like learn to play hockey program as like a 14 year old it was like me and another 14 year old and like his like 13 year old brother and then everybody else was like between like five and ten it was really we were like the big kids and like no there was one other kid who was a teenager but it was just like yeah i I got really started really late in hockey and i just thought oh my god this is so cool like they were doing pictures and then i said to my mom i'm like can i please can you please pay for this? Cause I really want these pictures. And she said, well, if I do this, then you're not getting your freshman year photos. Cause I can't afford both. And I said, that's fine. I don't, I don't give a shit about high school. I hate high school. I like hockey. I like my hockey class. I like my hockey friends. I like my hockey coach, you know? And so, yeah, then uh, the next week when the photos came, there was a strip of them with that border. And that meant more to me than anything else. Like there was a group shot of us with the other kids and the coach yeah. And that was nice, but just that strip that looked like trading cards. Oh my God, I was like in heaven. And they didn't have anything on the back. They were literally just photos, but awesome. I still, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, a, I actually blogged about it on Puck Junk many years ago. I'll, I'll put a link to it in the comments because it's, it's really an unremarkable picture. Nice. Well, you at least have the claim to fame of getting on the back of a card since you wrote all the backs of the uh, bloodlines. That's right. The first series of Bloodlines, not the second series of Bloodlines, which I did not get asked to write that, but that's okay because, you know, they have writers. I just was asked to pinch in when they were a little, uh, Upper Deck was a little, a couple of years ago, they were just a little tight on things and they really wanted to uh, put out a Bloodline set before their National Hockey Card Day set, like a couple weeks before, and they asked me to write the card back, so I did, which was kind of cool to write hockey cards and i know i've brought this up before but uh yeah living the dream you know i mean <laughs> hey i count it even if you weren't on the front i count it because you wrote the back so yeah so what i need to do is i need to get some i need to get some like season tickets on the glass so i like inadvertently appear on a card like in the background there like, you go i'll be the guy looking at his phone you know when patrick kane scores his you know, 600th goal, and I'll be the guy with his face in his phone or some junk. I don't know. You could be be the guy that when they knock the glass over, rips the guy's helmet off and hits him with it. Dude, that was hilarious. I remember when you posted a picture of that on your, your, your page, your, um, just when that whole thing happened, it was ridiculous. That was on, I want to say that was on hockey night in Canada. And I remember like the announce, or I don't know if it was on hockey night in Canada, or I was watching the Winnipeg, broadcast of it i was streaming it um less i say about that the better but i was watching the non-chicago broadcast of it in chicago um and i remember um the announcer being like oh yeah that guy's done he's gonna get kicked out he's done he's like he was like so mad about the fan doing that so what happened was was a jets player got knocked uh was it a jets or canucks i think it was jets i think it was the jets Got knocked into the glass by a Blackhawk player, and he fell into the crowd because the pane of glass fell. And he fell into the crowd, and, like, one guy grabbed the Jets player's helmet, 
put it on his head, like turned and made a face and all his friends took pictures of it. Meanwhile, the guy was wasted, of course. Yeah, you could tell he was wasted. The Blackhawk and the Jet player are trying to hit each other. The referee's trying to pull them out of the audience. And then the and then the drunk guy puts the helmet back on the Jets player. And that was the end of it. But the the play-by-play announcer was like, oh, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. They're going to toss him from the game for doing that, meaning the fan. And they didn't. And I thought that was kind of funny because, I don't know. Like, fans deserve to get kicked out of a game if they interfere with anything, anything the players, you know, interfere with the play on the ice or stuff like that. It says it right in the fine print of your ticket. You're agreeing to a contract, and you have to abide by the rules. No, and I... I get that, you know. Just if, like the uh, people that go streaking at the Super Bowl. I was going to actually bring that up, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I, I get that. They're going to let you go back to your seat? Now, now, Billy, don't you do that again. Yeah. Yeah, okay, um, you're out. So oh. let's talk about some new hockey cards. I want to talk about a few things that have come out recently. Um, first, I want to um, talk about President's Choice Game Used. They've come out uh, since our last episode a couple weeks ago. They've come out with a few new insert sets in their Game Used uh, President's Choice Game Used uh, series. So they have a series called Number, which are limited to five each, and they use a piece of Game Used Number. Uh, I actually picked up two Chris Chelios cards from this set. One of him is a Blackhawk. One of them is a Red Wing. I like them. They're nice. The President Choice cards are like super thick. They just feel, they have a nice heft to them. They feel like yeah. a like a paperweight almost. Um, then they came out with another set called Rocket Richard Trophy. Those are limited to 10 each. And those were players who had won the Rocket Richard Trophy as the NHL's leading goal scorer. They got everybody except Crosby in that set. So you had Ovechkin and Stamkos and 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 everybody that won the Richard Trophy since its inception, except for Canadian Brady, and those sell for about fifty to seventy each. And then the uh, most recent. Why no set- Crosby? Is that a licensing thing? Yeah, because the way uh, President's Choice trading cards is is that they're not dealing with a league license or a players association license. They're dealing with the players one on one. So for like that reason, they can't get, get say like. Wayne Gretzky or Michael Jordan, because those are upper deck yeah, exclusive. Upper deck exclusive, yeah. I right. didn't think Crosby did though. Well, no, but if you're doing a one-on-one, uh, if you're doing one-on-one with a uh, player, it's it's basically what that player wants, right? It's it's. Uh, I yeah. gotcha. And then vintage memorabilia; those are limited to three each, and those are old, like original six type players. Uh, and those are uh, around 150 to 250 each. So think like George Vezina, Charlie Conacher, uh, Conacher, um, Bernie Jeffreyon, you know, players like that. So uh, anyway, cool. so yeah, a little too rich for my blood. The uh, the the number of cards about 50 to 70 bucks each. That's that's kind of like this is really funny because I don't really. Like, I complain about jersey cards, but President's Choice makes some really nice ones. I mean, a couple months back, I got, um, they put out a set called Fight Strap, and I got one of Jeremy Roenick, and what's great about it is that it has a button on it. Like, it has it, it has a button of fight the Fight Strap. strap. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, I, I saw that, and I'm just like, that looks really cool, and actually, I got it right here, I'll just be sure to post a picture of it in the comments but 
yeah, so this is, I mean, it's got some depth to it, man. I mean, it's like an actual physical button sticking up a, over the I've got a snap. few button. I've got a few button cards in my collection. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, they, the one was from Leaf. It's a Bill Guerin one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was from a few years ago. And all of the cards in that series are in, encased in a um, magnet case in a one touch and it's got the leaf sticker over the top Mm. um and this one is as well but the problem is they don't it's not in a one touch that fits the um the button Uh so the button sticks up and so the magnet doesn't close all the way but they stuck the sticker on it anyway (laughs) so it's got a it's got a little bit of an opening at the top but the sticker goes over it so yeah you had one job well it's still kind of cool, though. I like it. And then also uh, recent releases. So Tops Now is still putting out their hockey stickers. Um, I honestly, I bought week one, week two, and week three. And then I stopped. And actually, um, I know a guy who is buying like 10 or 20 sets at a time or packs at a time because he's getting them at a very deep discount when you buy more of them. He's basically parting out some of the stars. Every 10th pack has a gold sticker. So he's selling those off. And then he's just, he's basically is cutting me in. So I'm, I'm basically buying the packs from him from like, for like, I'd rather pay him $6 than pay tops like eight or $9. But so the, I guess we've come to that point in the program. (laughs) What We went from, you know, those that have listened, that have been listeners for us for a while or have gone back and listened to some old episodes, you know, when Tops Now stickers first came out, you know, you were <laughs> you were all about the top stickers. And it just like as the program went on and it started getting more and more tedious and more and more complicated and just starting to be convoluted and everything else, you could just see your interest just waning and waning and i i just i just picture this like you know like the applause meter where it goes all the way up and goes back down and you're trying to get it all the way filled to the top it's like you're at the top and it's just slowly just depleted and kept depleting and depleting and depleting so now you have a new year they've changed the way they do all of it and it's just like you know what i'm just throwing in the towel forget the whole thing Yeah, I mean, except that I could, like, not buy the stickers, but I've already bought, like, the first three packs, and I don't mind, like, buying... I Like, I kind of want them because they are tops issues, yeah. and I do like stickers. But, I mean, as I mentioned before, there's no sticker album. Right. There's no um, variant... Not variant. They're, they're doing the gold variants, but now they're, like, one in every ten packs instead of one in every, like, three packs... And they're not doing the retro chase stickers, which were also one in every three packs every third week. So those were really cool. And they're not doing those anymore. They're they're not even using a different design for the stickers. I like the retro ones. The retro ones were kind of cool. Except they're not doing them this year. So there's no... um, So the designs of the stickers literally look like just a continuation of last year's stickers. I mean, could you imagine if Top said that with any of their baseball products, there'd be mutiny, right? Like if they just said, oh, well, you know, we're taking Top's baseball 2021 and just making it look like Top's 2020 baseball because we don't care. Um, uh, I mean, that's that's the 
that's that's how bad what, these have what, gotten. What's the word I'm I'm trying to use? That's that's the thing that hit people do every year. When tops when tops releases their design for the flagship, yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, you get your few people that are like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool, and then you get the rest of the people that are just ready to boycott tops for the rest of their lives, and I find it amusing because I mean it's a card set, so what are you gonna do? There's only right. there's only so many design patterns you can do that are visually appealing, mm-hmm. especially for a base design, you know. Yeah, you know a, a base a base series. They're not going to go all chromed out and prism and all the kinds of stuff like that. They're, they're just not. It's you know it's designed to be a base product. So um, yeah, the sticker thing. I I don't know. Not only do I feel like you've given up on it, but I feel like they've given up on it themselves. Well, these numbers don't lie. So week one. 1,726 packs were sold. That week they had Alexi Lafreniere. Week two, it dropped to 593 packs. Week three, 606 packs. Week four, 465 packs. Week five, 491 packs. The other big problem is that when they're selling a current week, they don't even tell you who's in the pack. Like right now I'm looking at the week, week six sticker pack which has been out for a couple of days as of this recording and all it says says your subject list tbd times nine tbd 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 all you know just so like they want you to buy this pack of stickers but they're not telling you what's in the pack and i understand that they're trying to feature the news from that week but like you know if it comes out on thursday you know maybe make something one Sticker about Friday, two about Saturday, maybe one about Sunday, maybe nothing about Monday because nothing great happens on a Monday or whatever, right? Like, could you imagine if, like, Tops now put out a baseball card that said image coming soon, topic TBD? I mean, I know they do Tops now in baseball and kind of everything. It's more of an everything product, more or less. But they tell you what the card but is. they do that tell you what it is. Yeah, they do tell you what it is before you get it. Um, uh, maybe maybe there's somebody out there that has the inside knowledge that posts this stuff somewhere ahead yeah, of time. I don't but, know. But you're right. I know Top Sure doesn't. They I've I've looked at it on their page too, and it's just TBD. So if so, yeah, uh, so if you're selling something and you're not showing any pictures of it and you're not even saying what it is, and then. You know, I mean, I like if there was a sticker album, I'd be like, well, I did buy the album and I do want to complete the set. So I'm going to buy the next pack, you know, because you're excited just about the pack. But now that there's no sticker album, I mean, yeah, I guess you can still have a set. Um, here, also, buy, it, here, buy this. What is it? I don't know. Yeah. You don't know, but you want me to buy it? Yeah, it's really cool. Well, what is it? I don't know. It's hockey <laughs> stickers. You like hockey, right? Here yeah. you go. Right? You like stickers? Buy this. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I'm, uh, yeah, it's funny too because I was, because earlier in the show I said, oh, I'll pay 50 bucks for a nice jersey card. And I'm like, I won't pay $8 for stickers. But yeah, I mean, if they're cool stickers, sure. I mean, I bought the album stickers and I'm about seven or eight away from completing that set. And I liked it for the most part, but that, that felt more fun. So, yeah, so Tops Now hockey sticker print runs are pretty uh, pretty bad at, like, less than 500 packs the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, why don't we talk about the cup? Sure. 
So the big topic I want to save for the end is the Upper Deck Extended series. But why don't we talk about some of the other the other goodness that's out or coming out? And uh, you mentioned that the cup is is out and that the price tag has scared people. What is the price tag? Because I got to tell you, this is the first year I thought about buying the cup because I've been seeing some of the hits that people have been posting. And I've just been like, whoa, those look cool. Yeah. Um, and they, they do. Um, most of the tins that I've seen broken open, I've obviously come from breakers and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, in years past, the I don't remember the cup being this high right off the bat. I mean, look, you can go to DA Card World right now. One for for one tin, it's over grand. And what's how many cards are in a tin? Five, I think. Didn't it used to be about six hundred bucks for a five card box? Yes. Um, there was a time where it was five, six hundred bucks. In fact, there was one year I remember not long after it came out, only paying like four seventy nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's only been two years that I've actually bought the cup, and I did not pay anywhere close to this. Mm-hmm. And the cards are brilliant, and they're the they're the cards that everybody's waiting for. They're the what what the worst word in the world? True rookie cards that have like the actual RPAs and everything else on them. You know, this is where all of that comes from is the cup. It's the premier product that's out there. And it's what everybody waits for all season long. Well, because of how things have gone in the hobby, this is what we're left with a $600 product. Normally that's got a thousand dollar price tag right out of right out of the gate now keep in mind this is 1920 cup right because this was delayed for quite a long time and usually the cup comes out for the year that it was in but it doesn't get released until after the season is over completely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so completely over playoffs over stanley cup finals over everything over the couple roll out usually when the start of the next season somewhere in you know that beginning part of the year Mm -hmm. well now we've fast forwarded even further. So now you got a 1920 product coming out when we're approaching the halfway point of the 2021 season. So this is last year's product. There's no Alexis Lafreniere card in there, people. So I don't know why you think this is a thousand dollar product because it's not. I'm sorry. It's not. <laughs> but if you want it, that's what you're going to be paying. Um, Canada's prices are, they're much, much higher than that. I I've seen some stores north of the border selling these for between 1200 and 1400 a box. Wow. I can't stomach that for five cards or six cards. So as much as I want to move to Canada, I don't think I do. So. Yeah. Cause the packs that cost us four dollars cost them five fifty. I mean, it's just or more. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the price. Yeah, but I I was gonna say. Um, but don't I, get me wrong. The cards are sweet. They're beautiful. 
It's a beautiful product. So this price increase, though, this has to do with the fact that the demand is up, so the retailers are selling them for more money right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Anybody that bought in pre-sale when this was first announced and they had pre-sales mm-hmm. probably got in at, at, a, at a six $700 range, maybe 800 Per box? Yeah, so those are the people that are making out like bandits now when they're being sold now oh, I after got it. release for a gotcha. thousand. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So if you bought them pre-sale, you probably are okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're out there trying to buy them now, prepare to slap down some money. Six yeah. cards. Sorry, not five. Six. Six cards. Yeah, I take that back. It's six, not five. But still, I mean, for a thousand bucks. Um. Yeah, I mean. And you gotta hope you get what you gotta hope you get what's in there. You gotta hope you're getting like the Quinn Hughes cards, you know, like the 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 RPA card that's numbered out of like ninety nine. You gotta hope you're pulling like a gold spectrum foil, or you know, one of the one of one, or a printing plate, or or a Gretzky or Lemieux or someone. Or, yeah, or like yeah, you know, one of those autographed like monumental patch booklets that they have that have like a whole bunch of players and. You know, those are those are the kind of things that you're you're hoping to get out of there. And there's still, I think there's still base cards, if I'm not mistaken. There used to always be a base set to go with cup, and nobody ever really went after the base set. And the base cards would be sold for, you know, three to five bucks for the most part. I mean, you're definitely you're definitely not going to make your money back off of a box. But it's it's more of the chase, you know. If you do hit one of those cards, then you'll probably pay for the box. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, it's that holy crap! I can't believe I just bought this box. This is my holy grail box. This is like what every hockey collector has always dreamed of buying. That's not privileged enough to be able to buy. And if you can actually get yourself a box of the cup or a tin of the cup. You know, that's like that crowning achievement of of a hockey collector that opens wax is busting open a tin of the cup. Mm-hmm. It's an adrenaline rush. I've done it. It's crazy. But then afterward, the, the high you you come you come crashing down. After How long did your high last when you bought a box of the cup? Um, the first time I did it, it lasted for a little while. It it wasn't it wasn't bad. Because I, I came out pretty good the first time. The second time, not so much. I had like three cards in there that I was able to get rid of that I got about half the box back for. Mm. And no cards for my to keep for my collection. So almost, almost all the cup cards that I have, I've gotten through trading and bought secondary. But, uh, but yeah, so. Actually, I picked up a cup rookie from a couple years ago recently. Um, I'm starting a, uh, a PC of, uh, JT Comfer from the, um, that's interesting Colorado avalanche. That's, that's, uh, that's an off the grid one. So he is from Northbrook, Illinois, which yeah. is a suburb of Chicago. And I actually, a couple of summers ago, I played at the Northbrook ice arena. And as I was passing the locker room, they had like a trophy case with like, pictures of all the famous people that like 
went to that rink. Like they have pictures of like Olympic figure skaters and speed skaters. And they had a photo of Kopfer holding up his uh, first goal. And then it looked like a little plaque, you know, JT Comfort and then, like what years he played at Northbrook Ice Arena. And so I refer to him as the pride of Northbrook. So I'm just like, you know, I passed that. I'd go, you know, I'd be walking to the locker room, you know, about to get my, my, about to get our asses kicked like 15 to three in a men's league game at like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And uh, yeah, passed the JT Comfort picture. And I just said, yeah, that guy's cool. So yeah, I, I got his cup rookie and I have his Opeachy marquee rookie. So I need and now I need everything in between. Up the up to peruse my rookie box. See if yeah. I might have anything in there. You know, it's funny, I only own two cup rookie cards that I can think of. I only really think I own two. I own JT Comfer and I own John Scott. And those are the only two cup rookie cards I actually Oh, take that back. JT Comfort, John Scott, and um, Jeremy Colleton. Nice. Yeah, really weird. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely a weird. Did not break the bank on any of them. The only the only Cup rookie rookie that I can think of. I mean, I've got plenty of Eric Tangrady ones. Although I did find a guy out there that's got the one of one black. Cup rookie. Ooh. So I know where it is. If if I ever want to make a play for it. So So another you know who uh, you are I'm coming for you. He wants his Tangrady. It's the only one he doesn't have. No, it's not the only one. I, I don't have a lot, but it's one of the ones I don't have. But anyway. Yeah, that's funny. I uh the only player I try to get every single card of is Carter Hutton and there's probably about 15 or 16 printing plates I don't have but I'm just like eh, if I get them I get them probably more like 20 or 30 if I think of a compendium um, compendium and then like various upper deck series one or series two releases but uh, yeah I see I, I've run into a bunch of Bill Gearin collectors mm-hmm. surprisingly enough and most of those are due to the the fact that they collect Boston Bruins or Edmonton Oilers or New Jersey Devils. So they collect him as part of that. Mm-hmm. I used to know of two Tang Grady collectors back when he was part of the Penguins organization. Mm-hmm. But those people, I don't know what happened to because I haven't kept track of them. But uh, I do know a couple people that have one person that has that card specifically and another person that has a whole host of Tangradies that will one day be mine. I just haven't got the funds to remove them from their possession and put them in my possession. But I will. I'm going to one day. So anyway, enough about that. So speaking of the cup, there is a uh, upper deck Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup Championship six-card set that's available. Uh, There's a couple different ways to get this set. Um, One is if you live in Florida, great. You can get it from uh, a bunch of different Florida area card shops. You can also buy it from the Upper Deck store with a $39 or more purchase. You could get it from authorized internet retailers or authorized group breakers. 
So there you go. Next time you're chasing your sick RPA, bro, you might be able to get a uh, a Tampa Bay Lightning set, you know, to make up for the, um, the 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 shitty box break that you took part of or case break. <laughs> so is is this the the prototypical Stanley Cup set every year that that they they put out? Yeah, I mean, except for that, uh, I mean, there was that one year that they put out that awesome Blackhawks set in 2013. That was nice. And, um, you know, I know, like, with the Kings, they put out, like, maybe, I think it was, like, a nine, eight or nine-card set. Uh, it just depends. Like, I know with, like, the Blackhawks, they they sold a boxed set. Um, I don't think the box set was successful enough to merit them doing it every year. And also because Chicago is such a big market, they made it, you know, they made it for Chicago. But, you know, if like Carolina wins the cup next year or this year, um, you know, it's, it's not like they'd make a box set, but I, I, um, but you know, I, I don't know. I, um, yeah. So it, it kind of varies from year to year. Um, but, I just wonder uh, if this was like the one that they do every year because I know like in '16 when the when the Penguins won the cup they had their I think it was like 18 cards, mm-hmm. um, and then again in um, '17 they put out the um, the second one, yeah. which I think was also 18 cards. Well, so. like I said, it just it it varies from year to year because like with the Blackhawks set. They put out everybody who was on the play, who played one playoff game or more. They they put them in that set, and then they also did like an oversized team photo card, and then they did like highlight cards. I think it was like a thirty card set, if I'm not mistaken. I mean that that, that was nice, but like I said, that one didn't. Um, you know, you'd find it years later at like card shops would be like trying to get rid of it for like ten dollars. Like DA Card World would have them for like ten bucks each. So I think. They kind of took a hint that maybe putting out a set to buy every year of the Stanley Cup winners. I mean, only Tim and Sal are going to buy that. And then regardless of the team, well, I would buy it regardless of the team. It's a hockey card. I want it, right? You might want it more if it's the Penguins, but if it was another team, eh, you probably wouldn't. I don't know. Would you? Yeah, you have team collectors. And then, of course, you know, people in that local area. Because you know, well, yeah. I, I would think that that would span more than just necessarily hockey collectors. I would think just hockey fans in general would pick something like that up, especially as a commemorative item just to keep. Yeah, and that's actually a good point. That's the kind of thing that they like Upper Deck should really try to make these sets as like team sets available at like big box retailers. Because I'll tell you this, like. When the Chicago Cubs won the World Series, I remember they put out Tops put out like a a boxed set of Cubs World Series cards. Um, it was a bit pricey because you know baseball rosters are bigger or whatnot. I think they're bigger. I mean, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, you got nine pitchers or whatever and relief pitchers. And bigger than a hockey team. Bigger than a hockey team, right? So like. And, and also, I, I don't remember what the specifics were, but, you know, I mean, every now and then, like, I'll casually buy, I'll say, oh, cool, a 2020 Tops team set of the Cubs. Okay, I'll buy it. You know, I'll buy it. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of like a casual collector. Like, one year, 
I was really excited about the Bears for some reason. And then, you know, three games in, I, I stopped being excited. But I bought, like, a team set that year just because I wanted to know who the current players were. You know, like, I was just like, so, like, I think that'd be great, like, if, you know, uh, whatever, the Rangers win or the Islanders, whoever wins the Stanley Cup this year, not saying it's going to be the Rangers or the Islanders, but then, yeah, then they should try to get, like, a team set in all, like, the local Target and Walmart stores of that city, um, assuming it's a U.S. city. People in Canada are like, well, what about Canada? What if Montreal wins the Cup? Well, that could happen. So um, I like that idea. Try to market it to that casual fan, like, right? Like, it feels like this Tampa Bay Lightning set. You kind unless you go to a, a card shop in Florida, you really have to go out of your way to get it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think it was the the fifteen six or yeah, I think it was the sixteen set for the Penguins. They had them available through the Upper Deck store. Like you can buy them directly on there, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they did that after the fact. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think they do that some, you know, try to give everybody a shot because it's it's a little um, little daunting if you don't have uh, access to a, uh, a a local card shop. I mean, I remember how hard it was to get the George Alves uh, Carolina Hurricane card because um, that was only available in... Uh, like North Carolina area card shops. Yeah. And I think I ended up buying one on eBay and I think I finally got one for 10 bucks. And then I remember like the gritty card um, for like a little while, it was like only available. Well, there were different gritty cards and there was like a five by seven gritty young gun and there was a normal size gritty young gun and like the normal size gritty young gun. I think that was only available in, uh, I should know because I wrote about these cards um but uh that one i think was only available in card shops but somehow like a card shop that i went to in chicago got a bunch of them so i was able to just buy them outright and that's how didn't i send you and your kids some uh, gritty cards yeah that's how i ended up with so many of them like the dealer was just like oh a buck a piece i'm like i'll take 10 <laughs> Yes, I know this many people who actually want a gritty card. No, I am not a speculator, a hoarder, you know, a a flipper. I am literally going to send, you know, like one guy on my hockey team was he's he's uh, he says to me, he says, Sal, I got a really unusual request. But if anybody could do it, it's you. He's like, do they make a gritty card? Because my friend loves gritty, and I'm gonna go visit him next. You know, I'm gonna go, gonna go skiing in Colorado with my friend, and I would just love to give him a gritty card. I'm like, yeah, they make gritty cards. I'll give you one. And he could one, he couldn't believe that they made it. But then he's like, oh, but of course, if they made it, of course you have it, right? So it's just like, yeah, I just have this bottomless pile of gritty cards, right? That for all, every you get a gritty, and you get a gritty, and you get a gritty. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so yeah, so those were a little easier to get, but yeah, I, I like that when Upper Deck makes it a little easier to get some of these things for us fans, so, um, but I understand, I mean, look, any anything they put out is cool. I like these kind of incentive cards, or, like, special cards, but, um, it's a little frustrating when you can't get them. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, they were doing all of these, um, arena giveaways, even at AHL teams, we're, we're doing some arena giveaways i couldn't get all of them some of them were so limited and some of them were like very particular like well it's on 
uh, a Boy Scout day at like this rink and they're only being given to the kids. And it's just like, oh, wow, how am I going to get a set? <laughs> you know, like, not that I was going to go to that rink, but, you know, it's just like they make it that much harder than like, you know, first 20,000 fans. Yeah, you'll find one if it's the first 20,000 versus the first, you know, 3,000 kids or whatever. Yeah, I always find that interesting. Like anybody under the age of 12, the first 3,000. Really? There's going to be 3,000 kids under the age of 12 at this game? Come on. Yeah, I would have been that. I was that 15-year-old pretending to be 12 to get the, the set of cards. Exactly. Um. So, uh, and then my sister would somehow end up with three of them and then rub my face in it, you know, because I'm cute. They gave me three. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, you wanted to talk about how plentiful the Alexi Lafreniere Young Gun Rookie card is. Uh, Do I want to talk about it? I don't know that I want to talk about it, but I I think it's very plentiful and I think it keeps popping up everywhere and... Look, I've been I was saying this from from the beginning. These were hitting left and right when the when series one first came out. Now, I, I, I realize that most people on social media, they they post the good stuff, right? They don't post like, oh, I got this crap or I got that crap. Well, they did post a lot of the crap because there was a lot of damage and quality control issues and stuff like that. But there were a lot of Alexis Lafreniere cards being posted in the beginning. And all I could think of was every year when Upper Deck comes out, since EPAC existed, there's so much product in physical form, and then all of a sudden all of this product gets held back for digital because the counts are the same. So, like, if they say it's out of so many packs, it's not out of so many packs of just physical product versus out of so many packs of just digital product it's out of so many packs so a lot of that is held back for the digital product so the fact that now that series one is on epac and has been on epac for a while if you actually look between epac and what's been thrown over to com c as part of the epac provider or not provider but epac hosting location right 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 there's over 900 of just the regular young gun nine over 900 right now okay that's a lot i think it'd be be funnier if 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 you said over nine thousand, like in dragon ball z over nine thousand. but 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 here's the thing it's over 900 that's not physical product I mean, that may be a few that people have finally sent in and ComC's gotten around to calculating them and putting them into their inventory. But this is mostly from digital. So this doesn't count the product that's already been open physical. Right. And these are in addition to what we've yes. already seen. Yes, jump on, I get it. Jump on eBay right now. Mm-hmm. Just type in Alexis Lafreniere Young Guns, uh-huh. and you'll probably get about a thousand entries. Now, granted, they're not all that exact thing, but a lot of them are. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Six hundred and eighty-four results for Alexis Lafreniere Young Gun. Okay, so then 
you know, think of all the different variations of that, or maybe and some of these did... might be the oversized. And yeah. Some of these might yeah. Be... So uh, there's, there's well over a thousand that are known at this point. I mean, maybe double that. It's a base product people. Okay. Young guns. Yes. They're scarce. They're, they're six per box. You know, the, the higher end guys are generally even supposedly more short printed. I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. I'm really not so sure. And I know a lot of people share the same feelings that I do and it is what it is. So I know, um, I took a stab, you know, we did the one EPAC on our last, was it our last show or a couple yeah. shows ago and basically got nothing. Um, I don't know. I had a wild hair the other day and I was like, I'm going to buy like four or five packs. So I did. And guess what? We got one. We got some red glow and it was Mr. Alexis. So, and it was only in like the second or third pack. So I have now opened four mega boxes, seven blaster boxes, six fat packs, and two hobby boxes. And I have not gotten one Alexi Lafreniere in all of those various types of packs. I've opened hobby boxes. I've opened retail uh, blaster boxes, retail mega boxes, retail fat packs. Nada. Okay, so, I have got the, so this is I this is taking had, on a point counterpoint kind of argument. Okay, but let me just say really quick, I have not had this bad luck since Connor McDavid. Oh yeah, Connor I never I never pulled a Connor either. Dude, I spent so much money that year that I I just I did and I did not get a Connor McDavid. But you know, it it I don't I, I don't think any of these are, are short printed. I just think it is luck of the draw because I remember um Malkin's rookie year. Was it oh six oh seven Upper Deck Series two? I bought a case of Upper Deck Series two. I pulled three Malkin young guns in that case. And that was the best card to get in Upper Deck Series two that year. So I mean it it But I, I think I, that was that was just on the cusp of when they started collating a little different. No, but they were still six young guns per box. They've been like that at least oh five oh six. Well, I, no, I mean, yeah, there were six in a box, but I think the collation was different. I, I think there was more cards per pack or whatever. Well, not only that, I think I think there was a chance at getting multiple um, of a lot of things in a case. Where today you bust open a case, you don't have as many duplicates of the of the higher end. Um, that you would elsewhere. I mean, you got to bust open a case to try to find all the young guns anyway, if you wanted all of them in the first place and hope that every box that you're busting open is all from that exact same case in order to make sure you're getting the whole sequence of throughout the print run. I don't know that they Mm -hmm. always did that. I think it was a little more, it might've been a little more random before. I don't know. I don't know like the exact answer on that, but to your point, yes, I, I gotcha. I never pulled a Crosby back in 05. I never pulled a Malkin in 06. Um, I never pulled a John Tavares. I never pulled a Taze. I never pulled a McDavid. 
So, I mean, those were those were big ones in those years. I did pull Carey Price and uh, Patrick Kane, though, in the same box. Wow. And you saw me pull the Ovechkin, so. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, out of the Series 2 box that I got for 50 bucks. The guy didn't know what he had. <laughs> I don't know. You know, he must have put that out. Because that was like on the third or fourth day of the national, and I had probably been, I I had probably been to that guy's booth like three, four times, in 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 over the 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 course of those few days, you know, just and he, I I didn't see that. That it that was, was in a, it a, was in one of the glass cases, and it had stuff on top of it. Yeah, that's probably and I, why. And I saw the corner of it peeking out, and I'm like, I looked in there, I'm like, how much is how much for that? And he's like, ah, oh, fifty bucks. I'm like, I'll take two. <laughs> But he only had the one. And if I remember correctly, it had an Ovechkin young gun. It had a Sidney Crosby victory rookie. Correct. And it had a Sidney Crosby rookie jersey. It had, it, no, it was an Ovechkin rookie jersey. Oh, I'm sorry. It was an Ovechkin yeah. rookie jersey. Yeah. Well, what a waste of 50 bucks that was. And it also had the Ovechkin victory, too. In fact, it had all of the bigger victory cards from that year. It had the Getzloff. Wow. It had... Um, who was, who was, uh, who else was in there? Uh, I don't know. I can't. Oh, the Lundquist was in there. Um, I don't know. There, there, it was most, it was most of the higher, the, the victory rookies. Right. Well, that plus the Ovechkin is... young gun and plus the Ovechkin rookie Jersey, which yeah. I still have both of those, by the way. Yeah, those are good cards. Yeah. So those are good cards. But, yeah, but back to your point. Yeah, you get lucky sometimes. Other times you don't. I think a lot more people are getting lucky with Alexis. I don't. I don't know. I w- I want to say that it's going to be the same collation when all said and done in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that much more attention is on the hobby now. So there's more people out there buying. There's more people opening. There's more people, you know, taking part in it. So maybe it's just out there more. I don't know. I, I'm hoping that we see. I mean, kind of like the kind of so kind of like the McDavid one, right? In the beginning, you know, you it was like everybody was chasing the McDavid, and like very few people had it. But then after about a year, year and a half of it being out there, then all of a sudden everybody had a freaking McDavid, mm-hmm. and so it was like, where did all these come from? When he materialized to the level that he was at more people went than went after the product. So here you had all the hype behind Lafreniere and everybody jumped on board because you had a captive audience at that point. And so he had all of this momentum and push behind him. So now people are starting to see, hey, wait a minute. This isn't one of those prospects that goes out like basketball and has a 35-point night or – this isn't like a, you know, prospect in baseball that went out and hit three home runs in a game, and you know this this isn't the the rook the backup rookie quarterback that came in and threw three touchdowns and had a perfect quarterback rating in a, in a game that he wasn't even supposed to play in. Mm-hmm. Now this is a guy that's supposed to was being hyped up as a generational player that's supposed to be Crosby and and Ovechkin and. Connor McDavid combined, and he's got two points so far in the season. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't, for one second, think he's going to be a bust. I don't. 
but I don't think he's, I also don't think he's one of those players that is in his situation able to just jump in and be that superstar. I think he will be. He just, he's like, why? He needs time to figure it out. You know, he needs time to develop. Gotta let it breathe. Yeah. And so, you know, he's getting the ice time. He's he's getting put out there on the top line and stuff, and which is great. He's getting the exposure, but I don't know. We'll see. I just I just found that interesting because I, I when I got when I got that I was like I wonder how many of these are actually on here on this app right now. And so I checked between the two, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I didn't think it would be that high. So. Well, if you uh, if you're excited about Alexi Lafreniere and you want another rookie card of his, Upper Deck is putting out a NHL rookie box set uh, that's going to be coming out uh, I think end of March uh, for twenty bucks. It is a twenty five card set, and then one in every twenty sets will have a twenty sixth card, which will be autographed. So. Break out those scales and set them to milligrams so that you can <laughs> say, oh, this one weighs two grams more. It must have the autograph in it because, you know, that's totally what people do. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. You know, I used to buy I used to buy these little Transformer figures that were PVC. They'd come in boxes. They were blind boxed, like trading cards. They were They were blind. You know, like you go to the store now and you see, like, you know, over when they have, like, no trading cards, but they'll have, like, figurines from, like, you know, Fortnite or whatever, and, or bagged Nintendo figures or whatever, and you don't know what you're getting. So that was, like, really huge in Japan, like, 20 years ago, like, with, you know, other characters and among them Transformers. And they'd come blind boxed, but, like, people on eBay would be like, boxes are still sealed and guaranteed, you know, this box is sealed and and has this figure in it. And it's like, well... If it's still sealed, how do you know that Optimus Prime is in it? Like, are you using an X-ray? What do, what do you do? You know, like, I, I always wondered about that. Like, It's a hot pack. I, I guess, but I just, like, I know, like, the collation for that was, like, if you, you you basically, if you bought a box, you'd get a full set. You just didn't know which one was in each box until you opened the full box. But, anywho, um... So yeah, getting back to uh, this uh, this box set. So yay, I guess, a box set of 25 rookie cards. I'm a little mad because it's not rookie class because rookie class was the shiznit. That was, uh, I remember like 0506 and 0607 and 0708 rookie class. Those were like 50 card sets and they were like really nice. And they had like really, you know, like a good run of rookies. I know you told me last year they came out with this rookie box set and it was 25 cards Sounds like they were all good players, and I guess that's okay, too, to be all killer, no filler. But I don't know. At the same time, I like the idea if they just said, you know what, screw it. We're putting out a rookie card set of 100 rookies, all guys who made their debut this season, and whatever. We'll just let the market figure out which ones are going to be good, which ones are not going to be good. We're just going to put everybody in the set, and I'd be okay with that, too. And then we'll have another era of... This guy had two cards manufactured of him in his entire career. Yeah. And here's one of them in this rookie this rookie set. This rookie set, right, exactly. Yeah. So these are 
if if they're anything like last year's, they're going to be in basically a blaster box, and you'll probably be able to find them in most retail locations, assuming you can actually find any cards in the retail location you go to. But uh, you know, la- last year these were plentiful about uh, about that time of the year, so readily available at most Targets and Walmarts. Uh, but crapshoot these days so i don't know how i missed last year's set i just i just never saw it yeah the boxes if if you weren't looking close enough the boxes kind of looked like an allure box but Mm. they were more red so you know what i did pick up recently i picked up a, a 2021 mvp retail box set another one well no uh well no i bought the 2019 20 set last year now i'm buying the 2021 set this year oh i thought you bought that one already because it came out it came out right after series one did i think it did but i finally just got around to buying it i got it at target i I didn't want to pay like i didn't want to pay more than retail for it and i was able to order it from target.com for what what color are they are they blue again you know what i haven't opened it yet Honestly, I just haven't gotten around to it. It's just been sitting it's just been sitting on my coffee table with all the other cool things I've added to my collection and I've just had no time to enjoy. So if you're wondering, hey Sal, hey Tim, why is this podcast two weeks after your last podcast? That's all on me. That's because I've been like Yeah, I've been getting pan- a few questions here and there. Pandemic teacher of the year. Huh? I, I've been getting a few questions here and there, like, when are you doing another show? No, that's what, good. That's good. It, when's the next show coming out? What about a show? When when are you doing another show? And I'm like, hey, back off. I'll do it when I feel like it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I have had a couple people asking. I'm like, look, we don't we're not making money off of this. We do this for fun. So there's gotta for be fun, time. There's gotta be fine there, there has to be time for fun. So now we have time for fun. Yeah, and I'll just I'll just tell everybody because I've told you a million times, so I'll just tell everybody else. Um, no, this this I've, I'm calling myself pandemic teacher of the year because I've been doing more teaching during the pandemic than pre-pandemic, and all my classes are online, and I'm from home, and I never have to commute anywhere. But I've just been so busy since january i've just been like swamped and i'll be like yeah let's let's record a podcast and then i'll like look at my oh i still got to do this so i so yeah it's just it's yeah teaching's hard work but uh that's okay you know it's actually funny what what is funny though is doing this podcast has actually made me a really good online teacher like sometimes i just bring that emotion and energy like hey welcome to class you know i don't say i'm your teacher sal barry you know but i like i i bring that like energy like almost like doing a podcast i guess it's been kind of fun in that regard you do the whole song and dance with your top hat and your cane like, hello my podcast. baby hello my darling yeah <laughs> like the uh was it the uh, the frog the warner brothers frog yeah no i didn't i never found that I, I I got tired of that really quick. That was Animaniacs, right? Uh, I don't remember. I know it was like a Warner Brothers thing. So. so it was either yeah, I think it was Animaniacs. But um, anywho, so getting back to the task at hand or the the topic at hand, I should say. So yeah, so rookie set, twenty bucks coming out end of March, and then um, oh, 
Upper Deck Series 2. I'm just kind of skipping around on topics. Upper Deck Series 2, Upper Deck announced Young Guns Checklist. So, yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, if you're if you're wondering uh, where all your favorite rookies are, they're pretty much going to be in Series 2. They're not uh, in Series 1. Yeah, the... Uh, Series 1 series... was Bubble Player and Alexi Lafreniere and, and, and the Bubble Boys. Yeah, pretty if much. You... If you look at this this list, um, basically, if you go down the list of the top uh, top scoring rookies right now in the league, um, I think four of the top five are in series two. So um, maybe maybe four of the top six, something like that. But um, yeah, it's 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 a good checklist. It's a very good checklist. Well, I'm excited that uh, Pia Suter, Blackhawk rookie who's tearing it up, has got a card in that set. He is currently, uh, let's see, where is he? He is uh, third in points right now. Two guys have 11 points, you know, John Nor- Josh Norris and Krill. Krill Kaprasov. Kaprasov, and then P- they have 11 points each, and then uh, Pia Suter has 10 points, and he's doing really good. He's got... Uh, He's got six goals, which is leading rookies right now. So I'm pretty excited about that. You know, it's funny how the Blackhawks, and I'm not going to change this to Blackhawk talk, but Hawk talk, but do you notice how the Blackhawks keep digging up these gems? Like, I mean, Pia Suter was playing in, what, the the Swiss League? And, like, they picked up, uh, uh, Leak was playing in the Swiss League, and then they, they, like, got, Artemi Panarin before anybody knew who Artemi Panarin was, and they got like. Um, I think he wishes right now that nobody still knew who Artemi Panarin was. Yeah. <laughs> especially the especially the KGB. <laughs> yeah, how about that? And you're probably saying, well, how can KGB agents uh, move around freely in uh, in New York City to assassinate uh, uh, a, a disrespectful? Anybody can, anybody can move anywhere, anytime. It can be done. Well, if you've seen any movies, you'll know that the KGB agents have been living here for 40 years. Yeah. Just waiting for the appropriate moment to make their strike. Sleeper cells. Sleeper cells. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think everybody's everybody's pretty much on the bandwagon that this whole story is a bunch of bunk. So, um, so we'll see how that works out. So, but anyway, so getting back to the Blackhawks, yeah, so that, you know, so I'm excited that there's a Pia Suter um, rookie card in, in that. Uh, you want to talk about game-dated moments? More moments, more problems? Yeah, so, you know, we always, we usually cover the game-dated moments on the show, and I know they're, we're kind of slowly rolling out the season here, and Upper Deck has started releasing their game dated moments on a weekly basis. Um, they ran into a problem with release number eight, nine, and 10 to where they had a problem with their checkout system on the website and you'd put them into your cart and you try to check out and it wouldn't let you check out. Um, and they couldn't get it fixed. So they took it down. Um, they delayed the release of those. They put them out later. Uh, they made them available. Apparently it worked and they sold out. Um, then fast forward, it's time to release 11, 12, and 13. Same problem. 
Only this time they didn't get him back up and running. So we're stuck on week four right now. Um, and I don't know that they've made a more recent announcement other than the fact that um, they just took him down and and that's that's about it for the time being. Um, they did release a statement. Uh, the, so 11, 12, and 13, which were originally scheduled for release on the 12th, as well as all new cards scheduled to release on the 19th, which would have been last week, um, everything was put on hold. So once they get everything fixed and figured out, they'll make it all available and you can buy it all and then kind of go from there. They don't want to have any gaps. So they don't want to like have something actually work down the road and release that first before they release something that should have worked previously. Mm. So they want to make sure that everybody gets an opportunity to to pick them up. So, and those that are new to the whole thing, game dated moments are print on demand. They come up with a thing every week, kind of like Tops now. You know, something if some eventful thing happens every week, like for instance, this past week, I'm sure they would have made one for Sidney Crosby in his 1,000th game. Congratulations! Um, yeah. Which was really cool, the whole thing they did before the game. I don't know if you saw it, but it was really well done. There's quite uh, bits and pieces of it, and I regret not seeing it because <clears throat> I love pregame ceremonies. I yeah. really do. This one was really good. They had him come out with his girlfriend, and they watched the Jumbotron, played this whole video, a bunch of tributes from different people, a lot of current players just, just talking about him and stuff. And then after it was over, uh, Latang and Malkin presented him with a um, picture it was like the, the his 1,000th game picture graphic, but mm-hmm. it was made up of – it was a mosaic. So there was one picture from every game, from all 1,000 games, and it made up this this big picture, and it was framed. And, of course, he got his silver, his silver stick too, mm-hmm. which GMs hate because they cost so much money. Um, but uh, that's what I heard. I heard a story about that is G- – GMs secretly hate having guys on their team that get to a thousand games, because usually at that point they're they're journeyman players that just get bumped around and end up having their thousandth game on a team that they never played that much for. Oh my god, that's it's, hilarious! And so the teams have to foot the bill for this thousands of dollar silver <laughs> silver stick for a guy that wasn't actually necessarily part of the team but i i don't know if that's true or not maybe it was a joke story but i heard that once i can't remember where i heard it from but anyway back to the game dated moments thing yeah so those of you that are interested in in those and pick those up um they're on hold so until upper deck can can figure that that whole mess out so i don't know what happened they're just it's just something with their system it just didn't function correctly well, they've been they've been having a lot of problems. I mean, even if you go back to the Upper Deck Series One um, back in November, with cards being miscut and with young gun cards having rounded corners. So um, I have a little quick uh, story about that. When I bought um, when, I, when I was at Target back in December doing Christmas shopping, and they had they're sitting there on the shelves were four mega boxes and um, three four. Um, blaster boxes and i just bought everything because i'm like one of these has got to have the left front here well no it didn't but what was uh interesting was that so the mega boxes have like 10 packs and then one like bonus pack of like 
Uh, is it the SP retros? No, no, it was like a card that had like three players on the um, three players on the uh, on the same team. Not a triple threads, but like I forget what it's called. But it was like three just basically like three players on the same team, like their top three players or whatever. And um, anyways, one of the packs was, one of the boxes was missing a pack. So I contacted upper deck like that Monday. Actually, I think I tweeted their, I messaged their account on like Saturday night, just so I wouldn't forget to do it on Monday. And then Monday they messaged me back and uh, you know, they said, Oh, could you take a picture of the receipt? And I said, sure. And I sent the picture of the receipt and I said, okay, we'll get a replacement pack in the mail to make up for the missing pack. Well, that was December 15th, probably like early February. I still don't have the pack. So I, I messaged them on Twitter again and I just say, oh, hey, I'm just wondering, did this get forgotten about? You know, because it's been like six weeks and they were just going to send a new pack. And they're like, no, no, you're in the queue. Um, we do we do have it noted there. We'll we'll make it a priority. I said, oh, no, 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 not, yeah. it's a pack. It's an unopened pack of cards. I paid for 10 packs. So I want to get 10 packs, but it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Thank you. I just wanted to make sure it didn't get forgotten about. Well, about two weeks later, I got my uh, replacement from Upper Deck. They sent me two packs. Have not opened them yet. I'm going to bet that Alexi Lafreniere is not in either one of them. But the moral of the story is, is that I was shorted a pack and Upper Deck replaced the one missing pack with two packs. That's pretty cool. So, yay. Thank you. <laughs> They're, I mean, they're good. They're usually good for that. They're, yes. Their customer service is, for the most part, it's it's pretty good. No so, complaints. Never yeah. any complaints. Most... I still, I still look at the Tuca Rask signed rookie card that they sent me to make up for the Patrice Bergeron card that they couldn't send me. Not not a rookie card, just a Patrice Bergeron card signed card that they couldn't fulfill and they replaced it with the Tuka Rask uh, SP authentic rookie card. I had no problems with that. It's one of my favorite cards. There you go. Yeah. I, you know, bribery works, you know, um, sometimes it does. You want to talk about leaf in the game? Yeah. Another, uh, another hockey release leaf in the game used hockey. Nice product with really nice memorabilia pieces. So the, these were available um, through various retailers, um, hobby shops mostly, and online. I saw some breakers doing some of this as well. But the 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 one thing of note on here that I that I just wanted to bring up, they had an emerald edition of these boxes. Hmm. Now, in the emerald edition of the boxes, everything was numbered to five or less. So it was basically the same cards, but they were serial number to five or less. Um, these were going for um, two twenty-five, and you could buy them from their website. And at like two o'clock in the afternoon, they released these. I don't know if it, I remember if it was Eastern time or not, but just like everything else that gets released online, in like three seconds it was gone, and there was none to be had. Well, you can buy them now for double the price. They're anywhere from four fifty to five hundred bucks. Um, so, if you're interested in the emerald boxes, good luck because um, they're a pretty hefty price tag. Uh, the regular boxes, 
I don't think they have them available. So you'd have to go through a dealer to get them. And most of those are right about 250 right now. They were much less than that originally. And how about how many cards come in a box, if you remember? Is it like three to five? It's five. Five? All right. Yeah, it's five cards in a box. They are really nice, though. Check, yeah, you guys need my to check only, them out. They're pretty cool. My only problem with Leaf is that they'll do like this card of like four players, and it'll be like a headshot of a player, a headshot of a player, the back of a jersey with the player's name on it, and then like a headshot of a player. I just that's my that's probably my biggest problem is that like if you can't photo if you can't picture the player then just don't put i mean i understand you got memorabilia you got to work with but then maybe you do what panini did that one year ago with panini cash grab i forgot the name of the set so that's what we called it where they had those really big that where the cards just were just literally just the the patch and nothing else or just the piece of jersey and nothing else um yeah those were, um, what were those? Was that Anthology? Yeah, sounds about right. Is that one of the Anthologies? Yeah, um, and it was just like a big, uh, yeah, it was just like a big, um, oh, yeah, see there you got a Mario Lemieux card. and Yeah, check check that one out. Yeah, so. Can you imagine pulling that? that? That would be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, we'll put that in the comments. It's a, it's a Mario Lemieux patch card so you know what's funny is i feel like like i want this to be a game where i click and drag these patches onto his chest like i see like oh there's a little piece like of a puzzle patch yeah like a put like a slide puzzle i want to like click and drag these pieces because it's like mario lemieux missing a logo on his jersey and oh but here's the logo it's just such a weird thing like um like we can't put the the team logo on the jersey but we could put a piece of the team logo embedded into the card. It's just, I mean, and I get why, but it's just, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, there's that one. And then they, they have another subset that was called um, Hockey Redraft. And so it would feature um, a draft year and would revisit the selections from those years and mm-hmm. have pieces in them. So that's what that one is i just sent you to to look at too you can throw that one in there if you want to but there's all sorts of pieces like they have vintage memorabilia one that's got uh players like newsy lalonde and george vezina and cyclone taylor and guys like that from that era with pieces of gloves and pads and all sorts of stuff parts of skates and all just all sorts of pieces. Um, and the ones I thought were really cool, I don't know if you actually saw these, but they're they're called the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. So so they have this set in there that's um, either glove or skate eyelets. So where the laces go into mm-hmm. the gloves or the skates, they have the eyelets from those of players and the one they used as their sample was uh johnny bauer uh jacques plant uh, terry sawchuck and glenn hall and it's pfft. if i opened a box and that was in there i'd be like i'm done i don't need to collect any more cards forever right because that is amazing so but like i said there's amazing pieces in there but it was just it's one of those things it's 
the the state of the hobby where when the people make things available on demand or directly online whoosh, snatched up instantly gone so this was no different uh yeah i wonder if they could have like if they could impose more limits like re, you know like online buying limits i mean obviously they want to sell out of the product but you know I mean, we used to struggle with this when I worked for a toy company and we we would do online exclusives of like certain action figures. And, you know, we would try to like make it so that like everybody who wanted one could buy one online. So we had to limit people from like buying like, you know, a hundred of them. Yeah. I mean, they can, they can do um, limitations by skew on transactions. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, bottom line, it's dollars and cents. You know, people come up with these bots that that go and and trash trash the websites to try to you know buy as many as you can. You know, <laughs> it's you can't. They haven't come up with a way to stop them. Right, and there isn't going to be a way to stop them because in the in the end of the day, it's about I have product, I'm in the business to make money, I need to sell product, and if one guy buys all of my product, well, guess what? I sold my product. You know, what happens on the back end of that? You know, is there going to be a backlash, customer service wise, and people are going to badmouth me because I gave away all my product to one guy? Maybe probably, but guess what? I sold all my product and I'm putting that money into my company and I'm making another product and I'm going to release it too. And you're going to want it and somebody else is going to get them. (laughs) It's just this never ending cycle. So until they come up with a way to fix that, it's something that's going to, it's here to stay. So I don't know. I don't have a solution for that, unfortunately. So we don't, we don't, this isn't a football show but we'll talk about this uh, next card which is a football card so leaf is putting out a uh, print to order pro set football card that looks pro like set. pro set like as in pro set as opposed to concept no pro set as in the pro set the pro set yes it is the pro set what everybody's been waiting for, but nobody asked for, the return of ProSet. Well, it seems kind of neat. By putting it out as a PTO card, they could gauge interest. You know football more than I do. Do you know anything about the football player that's on that ProSet card? Uh, he's anticipated to be the top pick in the draft coming up. Okay. So, what's his name? Do you know off the top of your head? Tre- Trevor Lawrence. Okay. So, um, and didn't they do a Troy Aikman card like that back in 89? Yeah, you know what? There was a, there was a Troy Aikman card. Yeah, gold helmet, yeah. blue jersey. Yeah, because it had, it had Barry Sanders in there, and it had Michael Irvin, and Thurman Thomas, and yeah, all those guys were in there. I actually own an, a complete 89 Pro Set football set. I don't have all the errors, but I have, uh, I have the announcers, I, you know, I have Series 1, Series 2, Final Update, and the announcers... I mean, that's a sweet set. I mean, that is like, as far as like, you know, if you just want to talk about like iconic 
sets, even like iconic modern day sets. I mean, if you can't get 86 Fleer basketball, I mean, 89 hoops is an important set. 89 pro set is important. 89 upper deck. Well, shit, everything that came out in 89 seems important, but you know, 89 or, you know, there's like certain sets that are just a big deal. And that 89 pro set football card was such a big deal because it put the whole football card market uh, on its head. It put the whole sports card market on its head. And pro set was that company, you know, they say the, the, the star that burns brightest burns quickest. And I honestly believe that about ProSet. Now, um, their CEO or president, Lud Denny, had a lot of bad habits that basically ruined the company financially. And whenever I talk to any lifers in the sports card industry and I bring up ProSet, they'll be like, oh, ProSet, they're a bunch of crooks. I mean... I ordered all these cases of product and never got it because they bankrupted and then they couldn't, you know, they didn't refund my money. And so there's like a lot of bitter people when I bring up ProSet uh, to somebody who's like, you know, old enough to have had a card shop in like the early 90s. But as far as just like what they did in a company, they did a lot as a company. I don't know if just if cribbing an old design and putting a logo on a card doesn't necessarily do it for me because think about like the 10 11 score hockey how excited we were about that but then when it came out we were just like eh, okay you know like like it looks like 10 it looks like the 9091 score hockey it didn't have to look exactly like it it just looked enough like it that we liked it but it didn't it, it just something was missing you know what i mean versus i don't know I can't say how they could have done it better. I mean, of course I could. I could fill a whole podcast about how Panini could have done that set better. But, like, I'm kind of cautiously excited about this pro set card, and I'm probably going to buy one just to have. But that's why well, we buy cards, right? Just to have. We don't do We don't put them in our bike spokes. We don't stick them on our notebooks. We buy them just to have. So that was probably a pretty dumb thing for me to say. I'm gonna well, buy I mean, it just to have. Well, you're not buying. I mean, you're buying it to keep in your collection. You're not buying like 20 of them to try to flip them for three times the price. For eight bucks a pop, nah, it's okay. On a, on, on well, a, they're, on a once they're sold out, they're not going to be eight bucks. I, can I know, but for a football. For a football guy that I had to ask you whose name it was, I have no business buying eight of them if I don't even know who is on the front of the card. Oh. I don't. That doesn't stop most people. Um, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for that. You know, if if you buy 10 or more, it gets them down to four ninety nine. If you, you buy, buy 20 10? or more, they're three ninety nine. So I don't want to spend uh, $40 on football cards. I just I want one. Well, if you're planning on getting one and anybody else listening planning on getting one, you have until the 28th. Otherwise, that's it because they're only available till then. Whatever's sold at that point is done. That's how many they'll make, and they'll move on to whatever the next subject's going to be. So, um, yeah. So, again, no, there's no logos, right? So, I, I don't know that. Leaf has a collegiate license, do they? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is license-wise, but uh, at least on this picture, it's Trevor Lawrence kind of facing towards the camera, so you can't see anything on his helmet um, other than the Nike swoosh on his jersey and on the football. That's pretty much the only 
advertising you see. Hmm. So. So we'll see. We'll see how this works out. See how that works out. Should be interesting. Yeah, it's definitely uh, not not like the I leave COVID card. <laughs> so hmm. there'll, there'll be a few more of these out there. So um, I know before we get into our big topic, which is uh, Upper Deck Update, uh, do you want to talk about this jersey card that uh, that uh, got everybody all in a dither a couple days ago? Um, your, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So on, on Twitter, um, Hammer66 Cards, uh, at Hammer66Cards posted a tweet this past week that started kind of a discussion on um, legitimacy of game use pieces that are put out in products. And of course this centered around an upper deck card, um, which was a cup card of John Marino. It was a um, rookie patch auto of, uh, John Marino from the cup numbered out of 249 not his card but one that he was looking at picking up and the post centered around the fact he said curious John Marino was not with the Penguins organization when they wore the jersey that this patch comes from he was acquired prior to the 1920 season via a trade he would not have ever worn at an event or a photo shoot or a game now, the piece that's in question is a patch piece that shows the highlight with the Vegas gold color. And at that point in time, the Vegas gold color on the uniforms was no longer being used. So, at that point, you think, okay, how in the world can this be an event-worn piece? Because he wasn't even with the team when these existed. Or even a game, it's definitely not a game used piece because he was never in an event like that. And so it kind of started that conversation. Well, what does the back say? You know, what's the disclaimer? What did the, you know, what, what is it? An event? Are they saying it's event worn? Are they saying it's game worn? Are they saying it's player worn? Because really it boils down to the legality of what the statement says on the disclaimer. I know it sucks and I know it's stupid and I know it's some people think it's a bait and switch. Some people think it's shady practices, but it is what it is. And depending on how they write the disclaimer is how they can actually function on this. To which my comment was, you know, I'd love to hear Upper Deck's response to this whole thing, but I'm pretty sure you're only going to get either a rehash of what's already been discussed in the thread because a lot of people were kind of mentioning that, well, it could have been this and it could have been that, or you're just going to get a regurgitation of what's on the back of the card. Upper Deck actually responded, and they said, yes, unfortunately, we were unable to get a gamer for John, and we had to use a photo shoot memorabilia for him instead. So basically what they're saying is, this jersey was worn during a photo shoot, which then begs the question, why give him a jersey for a photo shoot from a time frame where he wasn't with the team? <laughs> so, what what what's your thought on that one? Before I go any further, what is your thought on that? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, my first 
Uh, okay, there's we've talked about different Franken cards. I Correct. even which is when the patch doesn't match the 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 uniform does not match the photo. Uh, the the uniform the patch the piece, piece doesn't match the photo of the uniform being depicted, or it doesn't match the team name that's on the card. One of see, the above, or even all of the above. See, but I even get annoyed. Like, okay, so like I, I remember getting a Dino Cicerelli card, and it had a red Red Wings jersey piece, and the photo was him as a North Star, and that really annoyed me because, you know, there there's no bright red in a bright bright green North Stars jersey. But like, even like I have like like even like if I say like have like a Patrick Kane card, and he's pictured wearing a red jersey, but the jer- but the jersey swatch is white, that annoys me. I, I want the jersey photo i want the photo to have him wearing a white jersey if the jersey swatch that's used on the card is white and i I mean i know it's not actually taken from the jersey in the photo but i just kind of want them to match that's what i want it's an aesthetic aesthetic thing now i'd make an exception for like maybe um a rookie patch auto because for that you want the best picture of say John Marino and not just a picture of him, but a really good picture of him. Right. Which is what we're using here. And the picture of him in the photo. If, if you want to look at the photo on the card, you, because this is from the cup, it's a photo crop from the waist up of him superimposed over a washed out background of like the crowd background, but he's wearing the white penguins Jersey with the current Penguins logo and the current number fonts and nowhere on the jersey on the card picture are the colors that are in the patch. So that should have been the jersey that he that they used for an event used patch. Should have been that jersey, that should version that of the pe- color combination yeah. of jersey. Yeah, and that version of the penguin, not the conceited swan, not the not the fat little bird with the scarf, but, you know, or, or the Vegas gold and black and white penguin. But it should have been, yeah, it, it should have, that's what they should have done. What's and your that, thought? And that's the thing. What they used in here was, has the Vegas gold color. And the point that was brought up, I mean, it was made. Why a Vegas gold pens jersey that was not used at that time frame? Like, okay, I get it. You couldn't get a gamer. Okay, fine. So at least have something that fits the time frame, right? I mean, really, you 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 know you're not gonna you're not gonna go to a rookie photo shoot for Kale McCarr and bring him a Nordiques jersey. I mean, well, it's the same franchise, right? No, you know you're not gonna do that. Um. So yeah, I mean the pen stopped wearing the Vegas gold at the end of fifteen sixteen. So Marino wasn't a thought for another three, four years. Right. So um yeah. So I don't I don't know that why why was this why was this jersey even in the inventory for a rookie photo shoot? I guess they is probably, my question. They probably had it and said, Here, please put this on. Yeah, and that's how, how these, that's how these things work. I mean, it, a, a photo shoot, all all that needs to be done is, okay, here's this jersey, put it on. 
they may have it on for three seconds and then they take it back off and that's all they need to do. And then it goes in, it goes to the manufacturing place and gets chopped up and put into the, put into the cards. But the fact that this one was something that was a little further outside of the ordinary, uh, I found interesting. And like I said, it was a pretty lively discussion and I honestly didn't think upper deck would say anything, but they did. They at least made a comment, and of course, it was close to the comment that I figured they would make. But, um, you know, dude, I just it, had it a thought. I okay. just had a thought. Okay. So, when a card company like Upper Deck buys a jersey and then the player puts it on and they take his picture and then they cut up the jersey and they put it on the card, but they're not even take. they're not even using the photo of him wearing the jersey necessarily so what they what they should do this is what they should do they should contact the jersey manufacturers and say you know what don't send us a jersey like send us like pieces of jerseys like scraps of jerseys like you know what just cut don't sew the penguins logo patch to the chest of the jersey just cut it into pieces and then what they need to do is they need to have the carpet remnants touch the pieces like the pope blessing um, like the Pope would uh, bless the wafers before communion, right? Like he just, we just need to get the the player to touch the pieces of jerseys, and then they could just put them on the cards, right? Like to like have a jersey made, and then buy the jersey, and then have the player put on the jersey, and then they take off the jersey, and then they cut up the jersey. That's too many steps. They just need to start with jersey pieces. Have the player just touch it, like bless it, you know, and then and then use that, right? You're not wrong. I mean, you really aren't. That's actually not a bad idea, probably. dude. I probably I would save the you company just you just so save company money. millions of dollars, right? By offering that up as a solution, because really that's what it is. Like I said, in a photo shoot, it's just a matter of getting them in a position where they're wearing the product, whether it's a jersey, a hat, a pair of gloves, whatever it is. They have to put it on. And that's it. And you could say it was event worn. Putting it on means it's event worn. Saying it's player used, you actually have to show that it was used somehow. So if you stuck a uh, half of a chewed pencil into a card, well, it better have the dental imprints to show that it was used because you're going to have to prove that it was used. If it says it was game worn, then you have to actually be able to show that it was worn in a game. Now, to get the whole thing, if it says it was game-worn by a certain player at a specific game, like game-used cards were at one time, Mm -hmm. then you have something special. Because then you can pinpoint and you can probably photo-identify things. But nowadays, because these are are churn and burn, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, we have these legal disclaimers and... If we're going to do this one, we have to follow this rule, and this one, we have to follow this rule, so on and so forth. But I like your idea. I really do. I think that, I don't know, I think you got something there. Yeah, so it's my money-saving idea. Here's a bunch of pieces. We put them in a bag. Here, take this bag, open it up, put your hand in there, and swish Mm -hmm. it around. Mm -hmm. There you go. So we'll have a new category. It'll be called Player Touched. Yeah, Player Handled or Player Touched. Touched by a player. 
touched by a penguin. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up as a point of discussion just because it was uh, it was an interesting discussion that led to some um, very colorful comments by some collectors out there that I won't go into some of them here. But you're you're welcome to go find this conversation on Twitter. So I really want to talk about Upper Deck Extended. And I need to preface this with something. Back in 2017, I wrote an article on Puck Junk. And I, I was about ways that uh, Upper Deck could improve Upper Deck Series 1 and Upper Deck Series 2. Because I say, you know, every year Upper Deck Series 1 and Upper Deck Series 2, those are my favorite sets of cards to collect. So there are different things that I want them to do to make the cards better. And, like, some of the things that I said is, like, you know, I want draft pick cards in the set. Um, I want AHL cards in the set. You know, like, how they used to do, like, top prospect type cards. Or, like, how, like, if you remember, like, Matt Sundin's score rookie card had him playing with Team Sweden. Or, um, you know, like, certain players were pictured as, like, in their minor league jerseys or whatever. Um, award winner cards. Fun subsets. Um, illustrated team checklists making the cards out of plastic like they do with Upper Deck Ice. And then another idea that I, I threw out there was I said, there needs to be an Upper Deck Series 3. And that was like the one that I really like built up to. Because I say, look, here's the deal. There's over 700 players in the NHL. Correct. And in any given season, you're going to have over 100 new players make a debut for one reason or another. Whether it's a goalie who just sits on the bench as a backup, or it's a guy who gets a couple minutes, or whatever. Or it's a top prospect. So you have over 700 players in the NHL. Upper Deck Series 1 and Series 2 base cards. 200 in Series 1, 200 in Series 2, and then 50 rookies and 50 rookies, but really 49 and 49 rookies because those are their checklists. So it's really like 198 and 198, so 396 veteran cards and 98 rookie cards because then there's like the checklists right so i said you should do an upper deck series three well upper deck actually replied um and i'll, I'll link to to my original article and their reply and they just basically said we've run this idea by the retailers and they don't like it and so we're not going to do a series three but i look at like how tops baseball has a series three and i'm so envious because it's like they get the late season trades. They get the like late season rookies and call-ups. And I just think that is so flipping cool. And so what I would love to see, 200 Series 1, 200 Series 2, 200 Series 3, and then 50, 50, and 50 Young Guns for a total of uh, 750. Well, this is going to be close. They're going to put out a set. They're not calling it Update. They're calling it Upper Deck Extended, or they're not calling it Series 3. They're calling it Upper Deck Extended, but I'm going to say it's Series 3 because in my heart of hearts, that's what I want it to be. Um, it's going to come out in June. It's going to be on EPAC in July. And they're saying here, complete your 2021 Upper Deck base set, the most cherished and widely collected annual set in hockey, with more than 700 cards over three series, including over 125 young guns, this is the most extensive base set in the 30-plus year history of Upper Deck's flagship series. Little trivia question. Do you remember what Upper Deck's biggest set was? What year it was and how many cards? 
Um, I'm going to guess either 90 or 91. 91, 92. Yes. Yeah. 700 carts. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't, I don't remember anything being any higher than either of those. Yeah. The, that was uh, that was the, the high water mark as far as uh, how, how many cards. But yeah, so so now they're seeing with more than 700 cards over three series, so including over 125 young guns. So I'm guessing that the update set is going to or extended. What did I they call it? Extended. So we got 500. So with over 700 cards, let's just assume I don't know 730, 725. You know, maybe it's going to just add um, 200. Oh, let's see, 500, 600, 700. See, if they add 200 more base cards, but only 25 young guns, that's not really great. And also, there's still going to be six young guns per box. So they got to split it up a little better. I honestly wouldn't mind if they did 200 base cards and 50 more young guns. Let's see. We don't We don't quite know. They haven't said exactly how many... Um, cards there's there's no checklist yet for any of this so but let me just rattle off some of the details here they're going to you know there's going to be the exclusives and the high gloss and the french parallels Uh, there's going to be the clear cut um parallels there's going to be the dazzlers uh insert set that'll continue uh there's going to be um some classic insert sets there'll be these are the ones i'm excited about UD3 Ovation SPX Finite Holographics. Oh, okay. Ultimate Victory top, UD Top Shelf Rookies, UD Pros and Prospects, Rookie Class SE Upper Deck Triple Diamond Reflections. Um, and then also a 2005 6 Upper Deck Tribute Set, including Young Guns. Look for both exclusives and high gloss parallels. Um, so, yeah, so they're going to do kind of like this retro 0506 set. Don't really feel. I know that was a great year for Upper Deck with the Crosby and Ovechkin rookie cards. It's not a set I feel particularly nostalgic about. Like I know what Crosby and Ovechkin's rookie cards look like, and I, you know, I, I have quite a few cards from that set. I might even have all of Series One and Series Two. But it's it's a set I'd recognize, but not a set that I look at and go, "Oh yeah, I know what that set looks like." So I don't know. I'm not like. Not feeling the nostalgia for that, but maybe that'll change when I actually see them. Yeah, I mean, I like I like that design. I mean, it's a it was a it was a good design, and I think it's an iconic design for modern cards because it's got two of the biggest rookie cards of the last thirty years. Yeah, included in there. So you know, having that that design recycled, um, I think will be. I think it'll look nice. I think. It's, well, what are you excited about as far as these inserts? I think the UD, th- the fact that UD three is in there and holographics are in there, I think that's awesome. See, this this is going to remind me of rookie update, mm-hmm. right? So when they used to do rookie update, they would do the base set, and then they would jam it full of all the all the update rookies from every set that they had for that year. So they'd make like the updated versions of of artifacts and trilogy and um you know an mvp and and spx and sp and just so whatever set came out that year all of the updated versions of it would be shoved in this rookie update set and i always thought that was cool 
never hit anything big out of any of those boxes. But still, there was the whole thought that I could get a black diamond whatever out of this box, and instead I'd get no nobody. But anyway, UD3s, I love those cards. Like the Talk 90... a little bit about that set, because I... I never I, I have like probably fifty cards from the set and I keep saying I need to really catalog these and, and make a want list. Um so UD three was cross sport. So this was back when uh, Upper Deck made everything. Mm-hmm. Um and UD threes what was what was the first year those came out? Ninety six, ninety seven, something like that. Um they just I I mean I like the way the cards the way the cards were designed. I mean I think they look cool. They were uh, kind of a high tech release, um, you know, with a lot of foily prismy type backgrounds. They used a lot of the same printing technology that Black Diamond would use um, in future releases. Uh, the 98-99 UD3 set, I remember I was actually able to find in retail stores. Uh, so I would buy those uh, when I would find them. Of course, they were quite a bit for, for packs, but I just thought they looked, you know, just cool. They they just have a, a, a neat design to them. And so like the 98-99 set... Um, if they make them like this, uh, it was they were side they were sideways, so they were horizontal cards. Mm-hmm. So they would have the player photo uh, on the I think it was on the left side, and then on the right side it would have either a smaller photo, which would be different from the main photo, and it would be either black and white or a silvery color. But then they would have die cut versions. And like different color parallels would be included in there. Um, I, I I always I just always liked the design. I just thought they were cool. They looked high tech back before high tech was a thing. So I I think it'll be cool. It'll be interesting to see what they do with them. If they just take a straight retro design for those, or if they do kind of a new play on, you know, that type of thing. Um, also, the holographics, those are cool. That's a sweet set. I have yeah. that set. Holographics, you know, that was like modern day prism stuff mm-hmm. that uh, that you see now that everybody goes after. But these were just, they were just the base cards. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was a really, that was a really cool set at the time. So. Um, so it yeah, looks I think like they can do, they can do, they could do really good with these, I think with current so player the average, now. the average box break here. Um, so it says six young gun cards for 2005, 0506 upper deck cards, three ultimate victory, two holographic, two rookie class SE cards, one UD three pros and prospects or triple dimensions reflections card. One Dazzler's blue or base set, clear-cut parallel, um, plus one of the following cards. Ovation, one of each of the following. Ovation, SPX, Finite, base set, French parallel, and one extra hit. Well, that adds up to six and four. That's 10, 13, 
14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So it looks like 23 out of 24 packs is going to have a some sort of insert. Although it'll probably be all 24 packs because I'll tell you this, and we'll talk more about this when we talk, maybe do like a proper re- review of um, 2021 Upper Deck Series 1. But like when I open those hobby boxes, every pack had an insert of some sort, an insert or a parallel, which I thought yeah. was nice. Because I think it's depressing if you buy, I know nobody buys one hobby pack. You usually buy a hobby box or you don't buy a hobby box. But like, I guess if you go to a card shop and you just want a few packs, maybe you plunk down $3.99 or $4.49 or whatever, and you buy a hobby pack. And it's sad when you just get base cards. I'm sorry. I mean, and I love the base cards and that's why I collect. But when you pay that much money for one pack of cards, you kind of want to get an insert. So I kind of like the fact that every pack had an insert. And looking at this update set, extended set, it looks like every pack, I'm going to bet that every single pack is going to have an insert. And I like that. I'm excited. I mean, maybe the one thing that they're not noting here are jersey cards. So maybe one card, maybe the one hit that they're not mentioning is a jersey card or, or an autograph. Or I know it's not one autograph per box, but... You know, it's it, it's cool. I like this. So they're um, the only thing, though. Well, no, actually, this seems like a pretty good breakdown. I remember one year, um, it was 08-09 OPG. And the, they put out an update set that was 200 cards. Do you remember that year? There was, that was the year that OPG had like 700 cards. Yeah, it was like. It was sold by the box, like a factory set, right? No, that was 2009-2010. Oh. So that year they did a factory set, and I liked that. The year before, they did an OPG High series. And I remember, like, being at shows and, like, thinking, okay, well, I really want to complete the set. Nobody's selling the last 200 cards as a set because there were a lot of rookie cards in it and whatnot. Well, I would, like, look at the box, and the problem was is that you'd get, like, a pack of, like, five cards or six cards and like three of them would be like inserts you know like when you get too many inserts in a pack it feels like it's a way to keep you from building the base set like well we know you didn't ask for metal foil rainbow retro parallels but every pack is gonna have two retro rainbow foil metal parallel cards because why not right um so, yeah, I'm wondering, like, some, when I see that they're going to have all of these different insert sets, and I'm going, well, okay, is that to make up for the fact that maybe it's not going to be a very big base set? I don't know. Again, I would well, I'm just say... I think just, they're, trying to, they're trying to slap as much as they can in here, because think about it. This is Upper Deck Extended, right? Right. So if you think of Upper Deck, how it stood before, they did have an update. And the update was always included in SP. Yes. So SPA would have the upper deck update. So you would be able to get the few extra young guns that were thrown out there. The few cards that featured guys that got tricked were in New Jersey's signed as free agents, whatever. Right. And those would be included in there. And then series two would come out with the update to opg and have like the extra cards passed there 
Well, instead mm-hmm. of having this throw out into SP to have these update, now there's a whole series. But trying to put all of these update cards in one, I don't know that you're going to get that many people on board. Just like you said with the Opeachy update sold as a box by itself to open. I don't, I don't even remember that, to be honest with you. I don't know that I even ever saw boxes of it. I and did. If I, and if I yeah. did, I don't know that I would have been interested. So they've got to pack this with something that's going to get people on the hook. And to go back from a nostalgia standpoint on on design, I think this might do it by throwing, by pulling some of these back out. Because in, in hockey, here's the thing. Everything's hot in all these other sports. New, 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 new. But in hockey, where's been the biggest focus other than the rookies? It's been 1990s insert cards. Mm-hmm. That is where the hockey hobby has blown up in the last year is 1990s insert and early 2000s insert cards because everybody loves these old kitschy goofball designs that the card manufacturers came up with to make some of these sets. And they're cool. And at the time, they were hard to pull, they were really hard to pull. Inserts used to be impossible. They might have been numbered out of 50,000, but it was like impossible to pull them. And so collectors now, they have the money and they're like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to collect the, you know, the marksman set or the, you know, the, the, the masked men set from this year. Pinnacle Team 2001. Yeah. Or, you know, stuff like that. So by throwing some of these out there to be like, Hey, you remember UD three? I do. I remember loving UD three and the fact that it's in here. I like that. And then I see holographics. Oh, another one of my favorite sets. Nice. So they're going to throw that in there. Ultimate victory. You know, I think of victory and the victory cards were always like the basic cards, but I remember ultimate victory. And I remember a lot of those cards being like on really hard card stock, like thick foil board and like these crazy, like prismy chrome backgrounds to them, to the to the parallels for ultimate victory. So I'm wondering, are they going to do that? Well, on their sell sheet here, they say look for silver and gold parallels of ultimate victory. So you know stuff like that. I didn't really get into pros and prospects when that when those were around. Um, you know, we we just got done talking about rookie class. You know, being being out there and they got rid of rookie class. Well, guess what? Rookie class is back. So, you know, this is going to have probably something for everybody. A lot of late 90s stuff there, but I'll say this in a deeper Darth Vader voice. I find their lack of power deck disturbing. Oh, geez. Uh, come on. Remember when we did that show about sets we wanted to see come yes. back and yes. like, mine was power deck? Well, you've got something close to that now, and it's called Top Shot. No, no, no. Bad, Tim. Bad, bad. Make, I'm making the sign of the cross right now. Look, so I will just say this. And, you know, and this is the buzzword now. I guess it's not a word. It's an abbreviation. But NFT. This is, this is the buzz and the whole blockchain idea and being able to trace individual bits and bytes back to their original source codes and all of that has taken off to this point that it's 
I'll just say it. It's sickening. It really is. The fact that people are willing to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for a video. For clip, a YouTube video. For, for a video clip. And it, it may be that you, you're one of a thousand people that have this video. Even though I could probably find the same video and have it as well. But the fact that it's part of this thing and it's this whole phenomenon now. If this comes to hockey, I really, I don't know what I'll do. I really don't. Do you remember when Panini tried putting so no, I don't want power the little back. the little video clips in them? Yeah, I thought that was a kind of a cool idea, but they never really took off because the technology just wasn't. They couldn't hack it. Right, and then you remember how like Topps um, Skate did those cards that had like the little video clips. Yeah, skate has had the most has motion cards, and yeah, for cool. the first couple of years they did the video card on the tops. Now, yeah, the tops now would not, not the tops only now, be... the tops skate. Yeah, but tops now was in skate. Yes, 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 yes. So, so within the skate app, they'd release tops now, and then if you pulled the actual tops now card for that week or whatever the the highlight was, you know, Crosby's one thousandth game. Well, it would be a video. Of him like scoring a goal in his thousandth game or something like that, and yeah, those were cool. Those those were very cool, and I get it, but I don't get it. So wait, NFT stands for not for trade, right? Uh, no, it stands for non fungible tokens. Yes, that is it. Well, I just googled it, so I'm smart. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't fung. Yes, (laughs) it's a weird word. It's a weird word. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what that stands for. And that that categorizes pretty much everything that's within that digital realm of instant, um, traceable blockchain technology type things. So. so these are basically video cards that you can't copy. You can just you can trade them and sell them, but buy them and sell them and trade them. But you can't like, you know, right yeah, click think- duplicate them. Think of Bitcoin, but with sports cards. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not feeling it. The fact that people will pay a thousand dollars for a, a freaking YouTube video, not even a, a YouTube video. It's more than that. They their their total asset thing. I think they released it. It's like in the billions right now on this app. Well, that's what everybody spent in total. But yeah, and this app hasn't even been out that long. And it's insane the amount of amount of money that's changing hands with this thing, and it's just I don't I don't understand it, so I'm not like big into it. Um, but you know, so no, I don't want Power Deck because that's what Power Deck will be. Yeah, <laughs> it'll that's be true. that. So I don't want that. All right, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I just like the idea of. Well, how 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 crazy retro ridiculous would that be if if you opened a pack of cards from 2021 and it came with a little CD-ROM and then you'd be like, oh my god, a little CD-ROM, and you'd be like, wait, I don't even have a computer that plays CD-ROMs anymore, but uh, that's yeah, okay. Exactly. So, God forbid, a kid opens the pack and gets that and is like, what the heck is this thing? And they have to go to their parents like, what is this? I'm like, oh, it's a CD. What what's that? I don't have a computer that can play it. Because nothing has a CD drive anymore. 
So. Well, I'm a dinosaur that still has a CD drive and, and still likes his cards to be cardboard. I don't disagree with you. All right. Well, I think we've hit all our, our uh, high notes and we're at about two hours. So I think this is a good place to end. I think we hit some of the low notes too, probably. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. As always, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe. Maybe even write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, your family, your neighbor, or anybody who likes hockey. If you want to support this podcast, please consider buying a shirt from shop.puckjunk.com. And until next time, peace out. Peace out. For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at Puck Junk.